Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, it's Seat Kulazinac. Welcome to the Arsenal Audio Program. Premier League. Saturday, February 3rd, 2018. Arsenal versus Everton. Kickoff 5.30pm. The content. The boss. The captain. Voice of Arsenal. Player feature. Callum Chambers. Arsenal youth. Young gun. Match action. Carabao Cup semi-final. Arsenal v Chelsea FC Unseen Arsenal Arsenal Women Community 1998 Visitors Everton Club Culture Match Action Swansea City v Arsenal Pressure Points Country File My Story Teams The boss on woes in Wales, but very positive news from the training ground. Tuesday night's result at Swansea was a bit of disappointment for us. They won decisive duels offensively and defensively, which we didn't. On top of that, we made unusual massive mistakes, and that was the killer. They had a kind of game that gives you problems because they play very deep, very disciplined, and that's why I think the turning point of this game was when we were 1-0 up. We were absolutely guilty to concede the goal straight away and we have no rational explanation for the way that happened. They were happy with the one-all score. It was down to not making a mistake. But overall, we were not convincing offensively or defensively and in the end we lost the game. The difference between our home and away from this season is difficult to accept because, for me, when you're a football player, there should be no difference between home and away. You never hear a football player say, I'm better at home than I am away. You're a football player. It's as simple as that. No matter where you play, you're the same football player. There's no rational explanation other than the fact that we have to accept the results are not exactly the same. Historically, we have always been very, very strong away from home. We looked fragile again defensively on Tuesday night. I don't accept that, personally, and that's one of the challenges that we have for the rest of the season. Of course, the confidence is a factor, but before you drop your confidence, you have to drop the performance. 
That's why we have to focus on the performance. On the subject of that, Everton have found the confidence again. Sometimes teams go through difficult patches in a season and they are in a period now where they have found good belief and that's why they are a dangerous side. We're welcoming back a familiar face in Theo Walcott this evening. Theo wasn't getting the game time he deserved here anymore and I didn't stand in his way because he played more than 300 games for Arsenal and has been a long servant. At some stage, when he felt that he needed to go to have a chance to play at the World Cup and rediscover his confidence, I didn't stop him because I couldn't guarantee him that he would play the number of games he deserved. The situation was similar with Oliver Giroud, who joined Chelsea this week. Olivier was massively popular inside our dressing room and inside the club as well. He has not played many Premier League games and also wants to go to the World Cup. Olivier has left and... Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has joined. I've known him since he played in France for Saint-Étienne. He was always a player who impressed me. We had an opportunity that I wanted to take because we have Sven Mislintat here who knows him well and had good connections with him. That made him easier to get an approach to Dortmund. By coincidence, it worked out that we got two ex-Dortmund players, him and Henrique Mkhitaryan, coming from two different clubs. Our two new players obviously know each other well, of course, having played together at Dortmund. They had a successful period there, and as we are an offensive team, I hope they will be able to recreate that perfect understanding they had a couple of years ago. Away from the transfer window, I'm delighted that Mesut Ozil has signed a new contract. We've made a big effort to keep him here. Mesut has committed his future to the club in a period where we are in a tricky position in terms of qualifying for the Champions League. You expect that he becomes the leader and takes the responsibility to lead the team to success. If you look at the transfer market and if you would have to spend the money to buy a player of that calibre, you would have to pay the wages as well. Quality-wise, it was the best option... Even on the money side, it was the cheapest option. It is a big statement by us. First of all, that we are very ambitious to build a team with top-quality players. The fact that we could get Mkhitaryan and Aubameyang and have Ozil staying here shows that ambition. At the time of going to print, we have to assess Aubameyang to determine whether or not he can feature tonight. He's been sick, as has Jack Wilshere who will also be assessed. Jack seems better. He was in line to train with the team on Friday and see how he felt after that. I hope Jack will be in the squad. One player who won't be is Danny Welbeck, who has not completely recovered from his injury and is not back in contention today. Enjoy the game. Arsene was talking to Rob Kelly. Photography, Stuart McFarlane, David Price. Illustration, Matt Pascoe. The captain. Per is expecting the team to take the initiative today against Everton. What made Tuesday night so disappointing was that we put ourselves in the position to win the game. We knew Swansea would sit back, as they did against Liverpool a week before. The way we created our goal was perfect. The patience, the passes and the movement. But after that, we lacked everything needed in that situation. 
So we need to work on our mentality, because you cannot let that happen. It's a big lesson. We really want to learn and adapt from it, but we have to do that instantly and show it from today onwards. It doesn't matter who you play against in the Premier League, or if you're home or away. We should know exactly what is required to be successful in this division. You need to be prepared for the fact that you can lose any game in any situation. We've misjudged some situations. When you're 1-0 up at Swansea, you need to be tough. We showed some toughness initially, but then we lacked it after we went in front. That's what makes the result especially disappointing. We have to remind ourselves what we're capable of and put that into practice from today onwards. We need to be on the front foot and make things happen. The realisation of our situation is that we need to really come back to our best. The day after the Swansea game, the club were very busy in the transfer market. That's always the case at the end of the window. Because every club strives to get themselves into as strong a position as possible for the last months of the season. Every team wait and see what will work for their club, and the business often happens in the last 48 hours. A few lads left us, which is sad to see, but we've got new players that have come in, which is exciting as well. We've lost players who made huge contributions, and we hope those that have come in understand quickly what we're about and that we need their contribution to be successful. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang joined us on deadline day. He's been so influential for Dortmund in the last couple of years and was always one of the top scorers in the Bundesliga. That stands out, and I'm just excited to see him continue to do so well here at Arsenal. I'm looking forward to witnessing that. When you don't know people so well, it's exciting to have a chat and see them on the training pitch. He is very effective in front of goal and has improved a lot over the years. We're all here to help him, to make him better. He's equipped to be effective for our club. I've played against Pierre before and I remember that he was always a threat going in behind. He has that finishing ability and he knows that he has to work hard for those goals. He developed his game a lot at his time at Dortmund. They trusted him, they gave him confidence and he took that on board. He led the front line there. You could never see Dortmund without him, so to have him on our side excited me for the future. I think it's a great deal for us. Mathieu Debouchy has left us to get regular first-team football with Saint-Étienne. Mathieu wants to be at the World Cup with France. He has huge ambition. The shoulder injury he had was a huge low in his career, but he fought his way back. Last year, when I was injured, we trained together and lifted each other. I won't forget that. Mathieu is one of those guys who brings his level every single day. We know what you get from him. We reduced the squad a little bit in January, and that gives our young players a real opportunity to step in and make a difference, not just in the Europa League or the Carabao Cup, but in the Premier League too. The transfer window closed on Wednesday, but we had a big signing on Thursday with Mesut Ozil extending his contract. He's committed to the club and he wants to go forward with us. Mesut wants us to go forward together. He wants to win titles with us and get back into the Champions League. He's been so influential for us. I've spent a lot of time with Mesut over the course of our careers at Bremen, with the national team and here at Arsenal and him committing is really positive for us. He wants to have a big influence on our game and implement what we stand for, so we're delighted that he's staying. 
Very finally, I wanted to thank everyone who made the trip to Swansea on Tuesday night. Your support in the good times and the bad really is so important to us, and on behalf of the players I can tell you that it is appreciated by us all. It's the same here too. When we went a goal down to Chelsea in the Caribou Cup semi-final, you stuck with us and helped us to turn the game around. We're very thankful for that. Farewell, my friend. Oliver Giroud was a neighbour of mine, and I must say the journey we've been on together over the past five and a half years has been amazing. The journey has ended, but the memories will stay with me for life. Olivier has been absolutely huge for us. It's not just his goal-scoring record, it was his contribution and his willingness to sacrifice himself for the team. Those are the teammates you don't forget. He was influential for us on the field and off it, scoring a lot of goals in crucial times, assisting goals in crucial times. It's sad to see him leave. He's been brilliant. Pear was talking to Nick Brumsack. Voice of Arsenal. Yo, Pierre. Welcome to Arsenal, Pierre Emmerich Obermeyang. The 28 year old has joined us from Borussia Dortmund on a long term contract for a club record fee. Our third signing of the January transfer window, Ober is one of the world's most highly rated strikers. He scored 98 goals in 144 Bundesliga games for Dortmund and had a hand in 172 goals in 213 matches in all competitions for his former club. That works out at an average of 96 minutes per goal or assist. Ober, who will wear the number 14 shirt, is the Gabon captain and all-time top goalscorer, and became the first Gabonese winner of the African Footballer of the Year award in 2015. I'm really happy to be here, our new signing told Arsenal player. Of course, I can join Mickey in this team, so I'm really happy to be here in this great team. I think the club has such a big history and great players like Thierry Henry. He's an example for us strikers. I'm really happy. We've got Azil. As you'll probably know by now, Masoud Azil has signed a new long-term contract with us. Masoud has won the Emirates FA Cup three times since joining us in 2013, making 182 appearances, scoring 36 goals and racking up 61 assists. He's a World Cup winner too, of course, lifting that trophy with Germany in 2014. Masoud has been in sparkling form this season too, scoring four goals, claiming seven assists and creating 70 chances in 21 appearances in all competitions. Arsene Wenger was delighted to see Masoud sign his new deal, commenting, It is a big statement by us. First of all, that we are very ambitious to build a team with top-quality players. The fact that we could get Mkhitaryan in, Azil staying here, and Aubameyang in shows that ambition. Congratulations, Masoud. We're all looking forward to following you in a red shirt over the coming years. Au revoir, Olivier and Mathieu. Olivier Giroud is leaving us after five and a half years of fantastic service. The France striker has moved across London to join Chelsea, having netted 105 goals in 253 appearances during his time with us. 
Oli scored some spectacular goals in an Arsenal shirt, including that scorpion kick against Crystal Palace on New Year's Day 2017. He received a FIFA Puskas Goal of the Year for arguably the best goal we've seen at Emirates Stadium. The 31-year-old also helped us to three Emirates FA Cups, scoring in our 4-0 win over Aston Villa in the 2015 final. And he scored the winning penalty against Chelsea in last year's Community Shield victory at Wembley. Ollie is a guy who gave great service to the club. He never let us down on the commitment front, and he saved us many times, said Arsene Wenger. We signed him from Montpellier, and he became a strong, regular international player for France, and we have gone together through good and bad. But always I believe that his behaviour has been top, top class. Ollie will be missed by everyone here at Arsenal, and we wish him well. Meanwhile, Mathieu Debouchy has joined League One side Saint-Étienne in a permanent move. The 32-year-old right-back signed for us from Newcastle United in 2014 and made a total of 29 appearances for the club. Mathieu represented France at Euro 2012 and the 2014 World Cup, having proven himself as one of League One's best right-backs during a 10-year stint with Lille. Loan Gunners A host of our young players made loan moves towards the end of January. Christian Bielik has gone to Walsall in League One. Ben Sheaf will gain first-team experience with Stevenage in League Two. Jeff Wren Adelaide will finish the campaign with League One side Angers. Tuba Akpom will be at Sint-Tridense in the Belgian top flight. Julio Pleguesuelo has joined Gymnastique de Tarragona in Spain's second division. Kalechi Nuakali has rejoined Dutch side MVV Maastricht after spending the first half of the campaign with VVV Venlo. Meanwhile, our under-23s have been drawn at home to Dinamo Zagreb in the Premier League International Cup. The match will take place as follows. Arsenal under-23s versus Dinamo Zagreb. Saturday, February the 24th, Meadow Park. Kick-off, 2pm. McGuane heads to Spain. Marcus McGuane has agreed to join Barcelona for an undisclosed fee. A product of our academy, Marcus joined the club at under-6 level and went on to become a mainstay of our under-23 side. The 18-year-old midfielder also made two appearances for our first team, featuring in away wins over Red Star Belgrade and BATE Borisov in the UEFA Europa League earlier this season. He is an England youth international, having played at under-17, under-18 and under-19 level. We would like to thank Marcus for his contribution and wish him well at his new club. Ticket and membership prices held. We are freezing our prices on all general admission, club-level season tickets and memberships next season. Prices on GA and club were discounted this season due to participation in the Europa League. UEFA Champions League qualification would mean this discount would not apply. It will be the fourth season in a row with no rise in general admission ticket prices and means there have been no increases in nine out of 13 seasons at Emirates Stadium. 
We will continue to offer around 26,000 tickets from £10 for each Carabao Cup home game and ensure our fantastic travelling supporters never pay more than £26 for an away league game. This is £4 less than the league-wide £30 price. Membership fees also remain unchanged. On this day, 1993, we win 3-2 at Leeds in the FA Cup. Coming up, tomorrow, Arsenal women are away at Yeovil in the FA Women's Cup. Monday, the under-23s host Everton. Wednesday, the women have a WSL fixture at Liverpool. Carabao Cup kickoff time confirmed. We booked our place in the Carabao Cup final last month and we now know when we will face Manchester City for the trophy. The final will take place on Sunday, February the 25th at Wembley Stadium, with details as follows. Arsenal vs Manchester City, Carabao Cup Final, Wembley Stadium, kickoff 4.30pm. Ticket details are on arsenal.com. Welcome back, Theo. Everyone at Arsenal would like to welcome back Theo Walcott to the Emirates tonight. Theo spent 12 years with us and made 397 appearances, scoring 108 goals before moving to this evening's opponents last month. Welcome back, Theo, and good luck for the rest of the season. After tonight, of course. Mickey's new number. He's our Premier League number 7, but Henrik Mkhitaryan will wear number 77 in the Europa League. This is due to previous number 7, Alexis, featuring in the competition earlier this season. Baggett. Win with Arsenal and Puma. In every domestic programme this season, the club's kit partner Puma are giving away travel bags. Just answer this question to be in with a chance of winning. Question time. Who scored our first goal in this season's 5-2 win at Everton? Email your answer, including your full name and address, to program at arsenal.co.uk or tweet at Arsenal Magazine. All entries to us by Friday, February the 9th, please. One entry per person. Premier League Stats Passes 2090 Granit Xhaka 1451 Laurent Kozilny 1446 Nacho Monreal 1424 Mesut Azil 1389 Hector Bellerin Crosses 79 Mesut Azil 59 Granit Xhaka 55 Henrik Mikatarian 47 Hector Bellerin 26 Sayed Kolasinac Chances created 66 Mesut Azil 28 Henrik Mikatarian 26 Granit Xhaka Alexandre Lacazette 25 Hector Bellerin 23 Alex Iwobi Total shots 40 Alexandre Lacazette 36 Granit Xhaka 33 Aaron Ramsey 25 Alex Iwobi 22 Mesut Azil
Clearances 112 Laurent Cozilny 97 Squadron Mustafi 68 Nacho Monreal 46 Hector Bellerin 35 Granit Xhaka Above and Beyond Congratulations to Mert Kiranel, who went above and beyond with his programme selling skills against Chelsea recently. Mert deservedly won a Puma tracksuit jacket and would like to thank him for his sterling efforts on the evening. If you think one of our programme sellers has gone above and beyond, please let us know by emailing programme at arsenal.co.uk. RefWatch, Neil Swarbrick This afternoon's referee is Neil Swarbrick from Preston. Swarbrick has refereed in the Premier League since December 2010, but today's game will be the first fixture he has taken charge of at the Emirates since Boxing Day 2016. Here's our recent record with the 52-year-old in charge. 2013-14 Premier League Aston Villa 1, Arsenal 2 Arsenal, two yellow cards. Premier League, Arsenal, three, Newcastle, nil. Arsenal, three yellow cards. 2014-15, Premier League. West Ham, one, Arsenal, two. Arsenal, three yellow cards. 2016-17, Premier League. Arsenal, one, West Brom, nil. Arsenal, three yellow cards. Premier League. West Brom, 3, Arsenal, 1. 2017-18, Premier League. Watford, 2, Arsenal, 1. P, 6. W, 4. D, 1. L, 1. F, 10. A, 7. Arsenal, 11 yellow cards. Anti-Semitic and discriminatory chanting of all kinds is offensive to home and away supporters alike and will not be tolerated. If you witness any form of offensive chanting at the match, you can report it to a matchday steward or use our See Something, Say Something service by texting FOWL to 67777 together with a description of the incident. We are proud of the diverse nature of our team, our supporters and wider community. Thank you for your support and enjoy the game. Arsenal League Champions 1930 1930-31, 1932-33, 1933-34, 1934-35, 1937-38, 1947-48. 1953, 1970-71, 1970-71, 1998-89, 1990-98, 2001-2, 2003-4. FA Cup winners, 1930-1936, 1950-1961. Nineteen ninety eight, two thousand and two, two thousand and three, two thousand and five, two thousand and fourteen, two thousand and fifteen, two thousand and seventeen. League Cup winners, nineteen eighty six to eighty seven, nineteen ninety two to ninety three. 
Charity Community Shield winners, 1930, 1931, 1933, 1934, 1938, 1948, 1953, 1991, shared, 1998, 1999-2002, 2004-2014, 2015-2017. Nineteen sixty six, nineteen seventy one, nineteen eighty eight, nineteen ninety four, two thousand, two thousand and one, two thousand and nine. Arsenal Football Club, seventy five Drayton Park, London, N five one BU, O two O seven six one nine five zero zero zero. Website WW dot Arsenal dot com. Email program at arsenal.co.uk Directors Sir Chips Keswick, Chairman Ken Fryer, OBE Evan Gazidis, CEO Richard Carr Lord Harris of Peckham Stan Cranker, Josh Cranker Honorary Vice-President Lady Bracewell-Smith Secretary David Miles Manager Arsene Wenger, OBE Physiotherapist Colin Lewin, MCSP, SRP. Exclusive player interview. Callum Chambers. Born Petersfield, January 20th, 1995. Joined Arsenal from Southampton. July 28, 2014. Previous clubs, Southampton, Middlesbrough on loan. Arsenal debut versus Manchester City in the Community Shield, August 10, 2014. 1-3-0. Stats, Callum made his full international debut for England before he had played for the under-21 team. He helped England under-21s win the Toulon tournament alongside Rob Holding in the summer of 2016. England teammates Callum and Rob also shared a house together until recently. February could end up being a big month for Callum Chambers. Three of the defenders' nine appearances this season have come in the Carabao Cup and when Callum's been on the pitch, we haven't conceded in that competition. The 23-year-old was particularly impressive when helping us to a goalless draw in the first leg of our semi-final against Chelsea and will be hoping to make a first club cup appearance at Wembley since August 2014 when we meet Manchester City on February 25th. Incidentally, he made his Arsenal debut against City at Wembley a 3-0 Community Shield win. But before all that lie important fixtures in the Premier League and the Europa League. It all starts today with the visit of Everton and Callum is looking forward to seeing a familiar face in Theo Walcott, whom he says was a big influence during the three and a half seasons together here. 
Of course, as well as big name outgoings, January brought high profile incomings too. Callum can't wait to play alongside Henrik Mkhitaryan and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and is hoping that they can kick off their Emirates Stadium careers by helping us to a much-needed win this evening. Callum, it was a really poor defeat at Swansea, wasn't it? Yes, it was a very disappointing defeat. We'll reflect on the game, analyse it, and find out what went wrong. It's all about the reaction from the team, how we bounce back from that, and how we go into the next game. Our away form seems to be an issue this season, but at home we're almost unbeatable at times. Our home run has been very good. I think we play well here. We have a lot of confidence here. There are areas we need to improve on in our away form, but we're working on that. And we're going to find out why and what we need to do to better it. More positively, our performance against Chelsea in the Carabao Cup semi-final was very professional over two legs. How did you think the team performed? In the first leg, we were strong and the whole team were brilliant defensively. I think everyone stuck to their jobs. We knew what we were doing and I think it was a really strong defensive display away from home. Then in the second leg, it was another good leg and we went on to get the result. Overall, over two legs, we can be very pleased with our performances and take things from both of those games into the future. There's another trip to Wembley on the horizon too. We enjoy a trip to Wembley and everyone's looking forward to that. Obviously, it would be nice to get another win there as well. Looking at tonight's game, Theo Walcott returns to Emirates. Tell us about his influence on you. He was a big influence. I came here and we obviously had that link because he came from Southampton. I did as well, and so did Alex, Oxley chamberlain Theo's a very nice guy, a top professional, and for the first week, he helped me out, showed me around, where all the kit went and where we ate. He took me under his wing, well, actually, maybe for my first year. He looked after me, and I've got the utmost respect for Theo, and he's a quality player. He scored more than 100 goals for us, and he's going to want to prove a point when he returns. I'm sure he will. We all know him very well, and we know that we'll have a hard job on our hands. I'm sure we'll work on that and work on what to do when we come up against him. Have you spoken to him since he moved up to Merseyside? We sent a message to him saying, all the best to your family and good luck. It'll be good to see him. How much of an inspiration was Theo for you guys in the Southampton Academy? We all looked up to him, very much so. It was him, Chambo and a few of the other players we looked up to. Any player when we were young who broke into the first team at the time was our inspiration. They proved to us that there was a pathway to the first team and it gave us that hope. It's so important to have that at clubs, a clear pathway through to the first team because it gives you the hope that you've got the chance of making it. Players like Theo, Alex and Gareth Bale are all massive inspirations for us. I think that is what kept us going. We had the belief we could make it through the ranks by working hard and staying grounded to break through to the first team. 
Theo's left and Henrik Mkhitaryan has joined. What have you made of him so far? Yeah, he's a class player. He's very sharp over the first two or three yards and on the ball too. Mentally, he sees things quickly. On his first day here, we were doing possession drills and it was him and Messert on one team and me on the other. I was running around trying to get it off them. They were playing well, so he looks like a class player. Arsenal fans are excited about seeing Mesut and Henrik alongside each other. From what you're saying, they should be. It's two great players. It's exciting to see how they play on the pitch and how they can combine with other players as well. He looks like a good player. We all know he's a good player because we've seen what he's done in the past. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Another big signing was Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. What's your reaction to his arrival? I'm excited. I'm a little worried that I'm going to have to try to keep up with him in training though. I'm going to have to get him on the other side if I'm marking him. He's a great signing and I think we're all very excited to see him in training and what he brings to games. His partnership with Henrik at Borussia Dortmund was pretty special too. They've had a history together at the same team and done very well together. They've got a connection there and we've got lots of players here they can link up with as well. It's very exciting to see what the future holds. And finally, Mesut has signed a new contract as well. How much of a boost is that to everyone? It's a big boost because, again, he's a world-class player. To have players like him staying and wanting to be a part of the team, as well as having players coming in, it's building the team. I think we've got a very, very strong squad. What's Mesut like off the pitch? He's a good guy. He's very professional. He's a funny guy as well, and he gets on with everyone because he's got a good sense of humour. He just wants to do the best he can and be the best he can. He wants to win every game in training, and even if there's a five-a-side game based on possession, he wants to win it. I think that's one of the sides that people don't see in him, that he's a winner. That's one of his best attributes. The boss has talked a lot about silent leaders recently, like Nacho. Is Mesut someone like that too? You can see by the way he plays. A lot of players lead in the way they play. They set examples with their high standards on the pitch. The passing. Every pass is perfect, creating goals, scoring goals. And that's a good way of leading by example on the pitch. Arsenal Youth. Whatever the competition, Arsenal's youth sides go marching on. Tuesday, January the 23rd, 2018. Premier League International Cup, Meadow Park. Arsenal under-23s 5, Bayern Munich under-23s 2. Arsenal scorers, Dragomir 30, Ren Adelaide 37-77, Ose Tutu 76, Smith Rowe 82, Bayern scorers, Awuja 48, Welt 60. We progress to the knockout stage of the Premier League International Cup, leaving our group undefeated. Vlad Dragomir opens the scoring, while Jeff Rene Adelaide doubles our lead before the break. 
the visitors pull two back to draw level, only for late strikes from Geordie Ossitutu and Emil Smith-Rowe to put us back in front. We progress to the knockout stage of the Premier League International Cup with a convincing 5-2 win against Bayern Munich at Meadow Park. Goals from Vlad Dragomir, Geordie Ossitutu, Emil Smith-Rowe and a brace from Jeff Reine Adelaide saw us defeat the German side. Due to Rice Nelson and Eddie Nicotea's involvement with the first team, Steve Gatting went into our decider lacking two of our most prolific goal scorers, but still had a strong squad to pick from as we looked to leave our group undefeated. In goal, Hugo Keto lined up behind a back three of Ben Schaaf, Rob Holding and Konstantinos Makropanos while Jose Tutu and Julio Peguzuelo provided width at wing-back. Josh De Silva partnered Joe Willock once more in central midfield, flanked either side by Dragomir and Smith-Rowe, behind Jeff René Adelaide, who led the line, although drifted deeper throughout much of the match. We kicked off on the front foot, but Bayern's defence stood solid. In fact, it was the visitors who had the first chance of the match when Adrian Fine cut inside on his right foot, forcing Keto into tipping the ball over the crossbar. Soon after, however, René Adelaide almost sparked the game into life when he wended a powerful run from deep by threading in Willock, whose shot was saved by Leo Weinkaut. With opportunities now flowing thick and fast, Willock drove into the penalty area, darting past the German defenders before laying the ball off to Dragomir to sweep home in fine style, giving us the lead. We quickly took advantage of our period of dominance, doubling up thanks to René Adelaide, who fired in after meeting Smith-Rowe's cross at the far post. Despite ending the first half strongly, it was the visitors who came out following the break with more intent, quickly reducing the deficit through Maxime Adwuja from a corner. Bayern continued to turn the screw and eventually made their pressure tell as as Quasi Wright poked in from close range after Cato had spilled Raphael Obermeyer's drilled delivery. Despite the setback, Gatting's side soon hit back with two goals in quick succession. First through Oze Tutu and then Reine Adelaide troubled the German side all night. With just eight minutes of the 90 remaining and with the wind in our sails, we pushed for yet another goal. With Smith Rowe this time striking to round off the scoring and secure our place in the next round. Teams Arsenal, Keto, Ozzy Tutu, Plegudsuelo, Bola 49, Schaaf, Holding, Mavropanos, Smith Rowe, Da Silva, Dragomir, Willock, Rain Adelaide. Subs not used McGuane, Virginia, John Jules, Coyle. Ozzy Tutu's thoughts. In the first half we did really well. We went 2-0 up and then in the second half we slipped and let them come back into the game but showed good character to make it 5-2 and win. We had a good mentality to start the game hard because we knew that they would be pressing us and then in the second half we just came out slow mentally and let them get back into the game. They were sharper, winning all the 50-50s. We let in two goals but then lifted our heads and got it back to 5-2. Sunday, January 28, 2018. Eppleton Colliery Football Ground. Premier League 2. Sunderland Under-23s 1. Arsenal Under-23s 3. Sunderland scorer. Embleton 63. 
Arsenal scorers, Smith Rowe, 24, John Jules, 34 and 66. We continued our fine run of form with a win on the road at Sunderland. Emil Smith-Rao curls one in after 24 minutes before Tyrese John-Jules doubled our lead 10 minutes later. The host pulled one back through Embleton shortly after the hour mark, only for John-Jules to add another. We continued our push up the Premier League 2 table with a strong win on the road against Sunderland, courtesy of goals from Emil Smith-Rao and Tyrese John-Jules. After a quiet start at Eppleton Colliery, Smith Rowe exquisitely curled us in front with a fine effort from the edge of the penalty area. Shortly after, we almost doubled our lead through Rice Nelson, whose drilled shot fizzed narrowly wide of the mark, after having been played through by Geordie Ozzatutu. Now totally dominating the match, we found a second goal when John Jules tucked in from close range, following a run from Josh Da Silva and a cute touch from Nelson. Just moments after the interval, we could have added our third, as Da Silva blasted a shot just over the crossbar, having been teed up by Konstantinos Mavropanos. Although Sunderland did pull a goal back shortly after the hour, through Elliot Embleton, Keen to not let our lead slip, we regained our two-goal cushion when John Jules met Tolaji Bowler's delivery to tap in from close range. Victory saw us maintain the pressure on second-place Leicester City, who we trail on goal difference, and league leaders Liverpool, who are four points ahead of us. Saturday, January 27, 2018. London Colney, Premier Academy League Cup. Arsenal under-18s 4 Norwich City under 18s 4. Arsenal scorers Balogan 21, Coyle 60, McEniff 100, Saka 120. Norwich City scorers Ekuma 8, Fleming 82, Ida 91, Spiru 94. After extra time, Arsenal win 5 4 on penalties. We edged out Norwich City on penalties to reach the Premier League Cup semi finals. The visitors took the lead early on, before Flo Balogan and Trey Coyle put us in front. A late equaliser from Norwich saw the game go into extra time, as the Canaries took the lead to go ahead themselves. We reduced the deficit through Jordan McEniff, before Bakayo Saka netted in the dying seconds to take us to penalties. Jao Virginia made two great saves in the shootout to secure victory. We reached the semi-finals of the Premier League Cup in dramatic fashion, defeating Norwich City on penalties following a 4-4 draw after extra time. Although the visitors took an early lead at London Colney through Aaron Ekuma, we soon hit back thanks to Flo Balogan, as the striker met Harry Clark's ball to head in. On the hour mark, Bakayo Saka brilliantly set up Trey Coyle to put us in front, dummying Fontaine. Daly Campbell's pass to speed past his man and square to the onrushing coil. Having gone behind, Norwich upped the tempo and started to dominate the game. With full time nearing, they did find the goal they had been probing for, drawing level through Alan Fleming to send us to extra time. Just moments after the game had resumed, Norwich went in front, Adam Ida slipping in behind our defence to thrash the ball home. Things went from bad to worse for Ampadu's side as Anthony Spiru met Ida's pass and extended the Canaries' lead. Despite this, however, we kicked into gear and pushed on to the front foot, 
equalising through Jordan McKenniff, his first goal for the Gunners, following an indirect free kick inside the penalty area. Still a goal down and with the final whistle approaching, Saka took the game by the scruff of the neck and curled us level from distance in the dying seconds. After 120 minutes of football and eight goals, the sides could not be separated and the tie went to penalties. Billa Kamal stepped up first for Norwich, promptly finding the bottom corner, while McKenneff went first for us but was denied by Fergal Hale-Brown. Alfie Payne took the visitors' second effort, also finding the back of the neck, before we got off the mark through Dominic Thompson. Fleming buried his effort and was followed by Saka, who made no mistake from 12 yards. Next up, Ida blasted the ball in for the Canaries, while Clark scored his oh-so-crucial spot kick to keep us in contention. Jaden Thomas Brissett was Norwich's next taker and saw his effort saved acrobatically by Jao Virginia before Coyle sent Hale Brown the wrong way. Virginia once again performed heroics to deny Max Arons, giving Zach Swanson the chance to win the tie, which he did so coolly. Victory Caesars joined Chelsea, Tottenham and Everton in the last four. Arsenal team. Virginia, Daly Campbell, Thompson, Benson, Spencer Adams, 61. Ballard, Clark, Beckford, Swanson, 80. Ole Inca, Balogan, McEniff, 61. Coyle, Saka, sub not used, Barden. Words by Matt Aldridge. Young Gun, Robbie Burton. Born Gravesend, December 26, 1999. Height, 178 cm. School, Lee Academy. Joined, under nines. Position, centre midfield. Boots, any. Scoring at Anfield to help get us through to the last 16 of the FA Youth Cup has been the highlight of my career so far. It is, of course, an historic stadium, and I've always dreamed about playing in such places. To score was an added bonus, but the main thing is that we've progressed. We have a good set of players, and there's a self-belief amongst the group that I believe can see us go all the way. In the game against Liverpool, I scored first, from just outside the area. Although I have to admit it took a considerable deflection that wrong-footed the keeper, I was pleased with it as I struck the shot with my weaker left foot. It was almost a replica of the goal I'd scored the previous week against Fulham, apart from the deflection, so I was confident of having a go when the ball came to me. Liverpool then struck twice and we showed good character to keep going to equalise and eventually win in extra time. I think the introduction of our fresh, pacey substitutes made the difference. The win helped bring us even closer together, and the confidence it gives us means we have a real edge going into future games. We have a tough trip away to Middlesbrough next. We'll need to compete physically with them, and then as the game progresses, have faith in the quality of our play to win us the tie. We're going well in the league, the Premier League trophy, the FA Youth Cup, and the under-23s are doing well in all competitions too. The other thing about the Anfield victory was that I shook hands with Stephen Gerrard, who is their under-18s manager. He's a player that I've always looked to in the style that I play, so that was a real honour too. 
The season has been good for me overall so far. I played every under-18 game until I injured my ankle and was out for five games until I got back to playing in December. That had an effect on my progress with the under-23s. I was involved in the squad before my injury but didn't make my debut, so I hope that will come soon too, if I keep raising the standards of my play in the under-18s. I'm a much more confident player since I became a scholar and I think that shows in the way that I play. I feel free to express myself. I'm working hard on further improving my left foot, despite the two recent goals. I'm also spending a lot of time in the gym working on my strength and physicality. I'm also further developing my stamina and endurance abilities, which is vital in the style of game I play. The first team plays Everton today, and it's a crucial game for us given the disappointment at Swansea. Sam Allardyce has made them more solid, as you would expect, but I feel that we have the quality to unlock their defence. We played really well against Crystal Palace in the last game at home, and I expect more of the same. The game will be tighter, but I expect us to edge it 2-1. The Lowdown Who has been the biggest influence on your career? My brothers. Best aspect of your game? Passing. What do you still need to work on? Strength and power. Which team did you support as a boy? Arsenal. What have been the best moments in your career so far? Winning the Victory Shield and Future Cup, scoring against Liverpool. You choose. Nando's or KFC? Nando's. Stormzy or Jay Hus? Jay Hus. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Champions League or World Cup? Champions League. Instagram or Snapchat? Instagram. Home kit or away kit? Home kit. Netflix or Amazon Prime? Netflix. Sliders or flip-flops? Sliders. Long-range goal or dribble through the team? Long-range goal. Beach holiday or city break? Beach holiday. 40 metres or 400 metres? 40 metres. Early mornings or late nights? Late nights. Anatomy of Arsenal Academy. Left foot. Zek Medley. Skills. Trey Coyle. Heading. Daniel Ballard. Commitment. Daniel Ballard. Strength. Trey Coyle. Trainer. Joseph Willock. Touch. Emile Smith-Rowe. Right foot. Josh Benson. Robbie was speaking to Lambros Lambrou. Arsenal versus Chelsea. Wednesday, January 24th, 2018. Caribou Cup semi-final. Game number 37. Weather cloudy. Result. Arsenal 2, Chelsea 1. Venue. Emirates Stadium. Referee. Michael Oliver. Attendance. 58,964. Arsenal scorers. Monreal. 12. Zaka. 60. Chelsea scorers. Hazard, 7. Arsenal team. Name, Ospina, number, 13. Bellerin, number, 24. Koscielny, number, 6. Mustafi, number, 20. Monreal, number, 18, yellow card. Wilshire, number, 10, yellow card. Elneny, number, 35. Zaka, number, 29. Ozil, number, 11. Iwobi, number 17, substituted 84th minute. Lacazetta, 
Number 9, substituted, 84th minute. Substitutes, Macy, number 54. Chambers, number 21. Kosalniak, number 31, substitute, 84th minute. Maitland-Niles, number 30. Ramsey, 8, substitute, 84th minute. Nelson, 61. Nicotere, 62. Chelsea team. Name, Caballero, number 1. Azpilicueta, number 28. Christiansen, number 27. Rudiger, number 2. Moses, number 15. Yellow card. Substitute, 72nd minute. Kante, number 7. Bakayoko, number 14. Alonso, number 3. William, number 22. Substitute, 30th minute. Pedro, number 11. Substitute, 65th minute. Hazard, number 10. Yellow card. Substitutes. Eduardo, 37. Cahill, 24. Luis, 30. Zapacosta, 21. Substitute, 72nd minute. Drinkwater, 6. Barkley, 8. Substitute, 30th minute. Batashwai, number 23. Substitute, 65th minute. Matchfax. Arsenal will play in their 8th League Cup final. Only Liverpool, 12, and Manchester United, 9, have played in more. Aston Villa and Spurs are also on 8. The Gunners scored just 6 goals on their way to the final, the lowest goal tally of any side to reach a League Cup final. Granit Zaka has scored two goals in his last four home games, after just one in 29 before that. Match stats. Total shots. Arsenal 11, Chelsea 12. Shots on target. Arsenal 4, Chelsea 2. Corners. Arsenal 4, Chelsea 9. Offsides. Arsenal 10, Chelsea 1. Fouls. Arsenal 13, Chelsea 16. Possession. Arsenal 52%, Chelsea 48%. Man of the match, Nacho Monreal. First half, the Gunners booked their place in the Caribou Cup final with a come-from-behind victory against Chelsea on a tense night at Emirates Stadium. It was the visitors who settled quicker, and having had Pedro's header ruled out for offside, they went ahead with just seven minutes on the clock when the Spaniard released Eden Hazard to slot the ball past David Ospina from 12 yards. But Arsenal hit back and equalised within five minutes, albeit with a slice of luck, as Nacho Monreal's header deflected in off both Marcos Alonso and Antonio Rudiger. It was game on. Second half. If Chelsea had edged the first half, it was the home team who took control after the break. The first 15 minutes were cagey, but the Gunners went ahead when Alexandre Lacazette's right-wing cross deflected to Granit Zaka, who stabbed the ball home. Arsenal then defended the lead brilliantly, with Mohamed Elneny dropping back to help snuff out Chelsea's increasingly desperate attacks. Alex Iwobi had a chance to add a third, only for Willy Caballero to save with his legs. But 2-1 was enough to seal a place in the final against Manchester City. Unseen Arsenal October 28, 2006 Theo takes on the Toffees there's no doubt that it would be strange to see Theo Walcott at the Emirates today in anything other 
than red and white. The forward, who made 397 Arsenal appearances over more than a decade and last year became only the 18th player to score a century of goals for the club, had always been here. Theo, if you remember, made his debut in our very first match at this stadium, coming off the bench to set up Gilberto Silva for an equaliser against Aston Villa that ensured we got off to an unbeaten start in our new home. Arsenal's form had picked up after defeat at Manchester City and another 1-1 draw at home to Middlesbrough in the first three games, Arsene Wenger's team then went on a five-game winning run, including a 1-0 victory at Old Trafford and the first win at the Emirates, 3-0 against Sheffield United. By this point, Theo had made two starts for his new club, in a 3-0 win over Watford a fortnight before this game and in a 2-0 League Cup win over West Brom. He'd also made six appearances from the bench, three in the league and three in the Champions League. He was being eased in as the Gunners tried to keep pace with Manchester United and Chelsea at the top of the Premier League, sitting five points behind in fourth but with a game in hand. It wasn't going too well when the youngster took to the field with 24 minutes to play, as Everton had led ever since Tim Cahill scored from Mikel Arteta's header on 11 minutes. The Gunners had poured forward after that, and only a combination of Tim Howard in the visitors' goal and some wayward finishing had prevented the home side from equalising. The tension was mounting when Theo was introduced, but as you can see here, he soon had Cahill on his backside and Leon Osman struggling to keep up as he powered forward and Arsenal's attacking intent was rewarded when Thomas Rosicki was fouled and Robin Van Persie lashed home the free kick. There was to be no winner in the closing stages. Theo was finding his feet in the first team against a club he would one day call home. Further perspective. 1. Theo's third start for Arsenal came against Everton. He played on the right as Emmanuel Adebayor's late goal gave the Gunners a 1-0 win in the League Cup just 10 days after the Premier League encounter. 2. Theo enjoyed a good run in the League Cup as Arsenal reached the final and he scored his first goal for the club just 12 minutes into the game against Chelsea. Unfortunately, two Didier Drogba goals turned the game around. Arsenal Women. All the latest news from Joe Montemuro's Gunners. Sunday, January the 28th, 2018. FA Women's Super League, Adams Park. Reading Women Nil. Arsenal, nil. Arsenal shared the points with Reading in a goalless draw at Adams Park, where neither side could really shift into top gear. In truth, the game will be remembered as the first official appointment of New England manager Phil Neville, who watched the match intently from the stands at Wickham Wanderers Stadium. The Gunners began the game well, pressing Reading back to their own penalty area and very nearly took the lead. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When Viviane Midema flicked Jordan Nobbs's free kick delivery just wide of the post. A few minutes later, Midema once more had a chance to claim an early lead as she met Heather O'Reilly's cross, but could only send her header into the arms of Grace Maloney. After a quiet spell, where neither side created any chances on goal, Nobbs played through Beth Mead just before the half-hour mark, but the striker couldn't make good of the opportunity and was beaten to the ball by Maloney following a heavy touch. Soon after the half-time break, Midema and Mead this time linked up, with the latter playing through the former, who was once more thwarted by Maloney. The game quickly settled, with neither side able to create many chances on goal, as it seemed both teams, who had played each other just a fortnight ago, were able to recognise each other's strengths and nullify their threat. As the full-time whistle drew near, Lisa Evans whipped the ball into Midema, who couldn't apply the finishing touch and agonisingly watched the ball fly past. However, in the dying moments, Brooke Chaplin had the opportunity to claim all three points for the hosts as she spun in on goal, but saw her shot excellently saved by the ever-alert Sari van Wienendaal. The draw leaves Arsenal fourth in the table, ten points off table-topping Manchester City. Arsenal Van Wienendaal, Williamson, Quinn, Janssen, Evans, Mitchell, Nobbs, Van der Donk, O'Reilly, Midema, Mead. Subs not used, Morehouse, Rose, McCabe, James, Carter, Scott, Kukin. Yeovil up next. Arsenal women travel to the West Country tomorrow to take on Yeovil Town, who currently prop up the women's Super League table, having lost all seven of their games this season. The newly promoted team are, in truth, enduring something of a nightmare season, having conceded 25 goals in their seven games, and, as yet, have not been able to get on the score sheet this term in the Women's Super League. They did manage to register against both Tottenham and Brighton in the Continental Cup this season, however contrived to lose both games against WSL2 opposition, 2-1 and 4-2, respectively. Joe Montemuro's team will certainly not be complacent, but will be confident of bringing all three points back along the M3.
new team group. With a new manager at the helm, Arsenal women required a new official photo call. David Price, a veteran of many women's photo calls, headed up to London Colney earlier this week to capture Arsenal women, 2018 vintage. In the hard copy of the programme, there is a photograph of the team. Back row, left to right, Jessica Samuelson, Anna Philby, Katie McCabe, Lauren James. Middle row, left to right, Heather O'Reilly, Gemma Rose, Dominique Janssen, Sari van Wienendahl, Louise Quinn, Anna Morehouse, Viviane Midema, Lisa Evans, Ava Kuchen. Front row, left to right, Leah Williamson, Danielle van der Donk, Danielle Carter, Alex Scott, Joe Montemuro, Jordan Nobbs, Kim Little, Emma Mitchell, Beth Mead. WSL Fixture List 2017-18 Sunday, September 24th, Birmingham City, WSL 3-2, Home Game. Sunday, October 1st, Manchester City, WSL 2-5. Sunday, October 8th, Bristol City, WSL 1-1, Home Game. Thursday, October 12th, London Bees, CC, 7-0. Home game. Sunday, October the 29th, Everton, WSL, 2-0. Wednesday, November the 1st, Millwall Lionesses, CC, 5-2. Sunday, November the 5th, Reading, CC, 1-2. Home game. Sunday, November the 12th, Sunderland, WSL, 3-0. Home game. Thursday, November the 16th, Watford, CC, 6-0. Sunday, December the 17th, Sunderland, CZQF, 3-1. Sunday, January the 7th, Chelsea, WSL, 2-3. Sunday, January the 14th, Reading, CZSF, 3-2. Sunday, January the 28th, Reading, WSL, 0-0. Sunday, February the 4th, Yeovil Town, FAC, R4, 2 o'clock. Wednesday, February the 7th, Liverpool, WSL, 7 o'clock. Sunday, February the 11th, Yeovil Town, WSL, 2 o'clock, home game. Sunday, February the 18th, TBA, FAC, R5, TBA. Friday, February the 23rd, Everton, WSL, 7.30, home game. Saturday, March the 10th, Manchester City, CCF. TBA. Sunday, March the 18th, TBA, FAC, QF, TBA. Sunday, March the 25th, Sunderland, WSL, 12 o'clock. Wednesday, March the 28th, Liverpool, WSL, 7 o'clock. Sunday, April the 1st, Chelsea, WSL, 2 o'clock. Home game. Sunday, April the 15th, TBA, FAC, SF, TBA. Thursday, April the 19th, Reading, WSL, 7.30, home game. Saturday, April the 21st, Yeovil Town, WSL, 3 o'clock. Sunday, April the 29th, Birmingham City, WSL, 2 o'clock. Saturday, May the 5th, TBA, FAC, F, TBA. 
Sunday, May the 13th, Manchester City, WSL, 2 o'clock, home game. Sunday, May the 20th, Bristol City, WSL, 12 o'clock. Community, using the power of the Arsenal name to positively impact the lives of young people since 1985. Twitter in the community. Our group from at Cardinal Pole RC took part in the hashtag PL Enterprise Challenge regionals at SFC Foundation today. Sandy didn't win this time, but they did the school proud. Where are they now? Jake Heraclius. When were you involved with Arsenal in the community? 2005. What was your role? I had various roles, working with the after-schools, soccer schools and double club. Arsenal Advanced Centre before moving into coaching and scouting for the Arsenal Academy. What are you doing now? I'm now a lead teacher at a special needs school in Edmonton, but also very much continued my football pathway and currently manage Northwood FC in the Evo Stick South Eastern League together with scouting for Manchester United. How did your time with the community department help you in your current role? My highlight whilst working with the community department would definitely be working with Lauriston Primary School in Hackney with Mark Antonowicz, AZ, as it was a great to see the kids progress both with their sporting skills and social skills over the years that we worked there. The coaching skills I learnt initially helped build my knowledge of the game and confidence with working with children of all ages and areas in and around London. Arsenal Double Club, Getting Match Fit and Children's Mental Health Week 2018. Arsenal in the Community's Getting Match Fit initiative is launching this February. Working with children in local schools, we will help them to become more resilient, confident and caring young people by introducing them to strategies that will allow them to cope in difficult situations and manage their emotions in a positive way. Over the 10-week course, they will be introduced to a variety of different subjects, including taking responsibility, putting things in perspective and building an optimistic approach. All sessions will be taken by fully trained Arsenal community staff and be delivered in schools. Islington, Camden and Hackney schools can join the programme and reap the benefits of being part of the double club. Arsenal in the community is pleased to be supporting Place 2B's Children's Mental Health Week 2018, which runs from February the 5th to the 11th. The theme this year is Being Ourselves. Sadly, some children and young people can find it difficult to view themselves in a positive way. With low self-esteem affecting more than 8 in 10 of the pupils who have place to bees one-to-one support. That is why during this Children's Mental Health Week, place to be is encouraging children and young people to celebrate their uniqueness and feel comfortable with who they are. Whilst we cannot always change a child's situation, helping them have a positive view of themselves can help them cope with life's challenges. Recognising the different qualities of others can also help us connect with those around us, which is vital for our own and others' well-being. Get involved. Contact Jack McNichol. Email jackmcnichol at arsenal.co.uk to find out more about the Getting Match Fit for Local Schools. Find more information and share Place to Be's resources for parents, teachers and youth groups at 
www.childrensmentalhealthweek.org.uk Arsenal Double Club Children's Mental Health Week 2018 5th to the 11th of February Hashtag ChildrenMHW Children'sMentalHealthWeek.org.uk That sums it all up. One of the mainstays of the defensive unit in 1997-98 was Martin Keown. He remembers the giant forward strides the club made during that season. Arsene Wenger signed very intelligent foreign players when he arrived. I was amazed at their intelligence, and they could speak English to varying degrees. Nicolas Anelka, Manu Petit, Remy Gard, Patrick Vieira, although to start with he pretended he couldn't speak English, Alex Manninger. All of them quickly understood the values of the club, and I saw this at close hand from a very early stage, when we used to work out at a gym at Sopwell House, a hotel in Hertfordshire. It was a pretty unique set of circumstances that got us there. I recall getting a call from our old kit manager, Bobby Armit, one day. Martin, don't come into our training ground, London Colney. It has burned down. What? How? I asked. Arson, he replied. Now, I knew the new manager wasn't very keen on the training ground, but this was extreme. He quickly corrected me, no, not arson, arson. I had broken my shoulder playing for England during the summer of 1997. So I was in the gym a lot. Back then, and as strange as this may sound, I think it actually worked well for the team using Sopwell House because the training ground was out of action was no bad thing. I would have been on my own, but for all the foreign lads coming in working out, I quickly understood they meant business. It was also better than the training ground because the dressing rooms were bigger and there were lots of sofas to sit around and have a coffee. It was more sociable, although I'm not sure the hotel liked us all lounging around. Interacting with the public was great. The training ground had been quite monotonous. The hotel really fosters a togetherness. Also, I think Arsenal improved food, travel and players' comfort after that fire. Before, sometimes the canteen at London Colney was closed when we really needed to eat. Not anymore, and the food improved so much. We ditched the coach and get the train to away games because it was much quicker than we'd fly. As for those new players, their quality was amazing. Vieira's debut back in 96 at home to Sheffield Wednesday was something else. He played one outstanding crossfield pass and I realised he was special very quickly. Anelka was the best 17-year-old on the planet, certainly the best I ever faced. He really tested me in training early on and I thought, hang on. Then we played Derby at the end of the 1996-97 season. Tony Adams had been sent off and Nicholas just played them off the park I was giggling because they couldn't handle him. What talent he had, so quick. It's funny, but I actually remember when Arsene arrived, I told him I was quite disappointed he had come to the club because Bruce Rioch had been playing me regularly and had even made me skipper on several occasions. 
if you do for me what you did for Rioch, then you will play, he told me. Oh, and another thing. Go and see David Dean about a new contract, because you're not being paid enough. Arsene was true to his word. Once my shoulder had healed, and all those hours in the gym at Sopwell House had paid off, he put me straight back into the first team. I was fit and I was back in, and I was playing well. The team were doing okay, but we had an issue with the skipper, Tony Adams, who was experiencing a serious loss of form. It was becoming a problem for the team. Tony is an incredibly proud man, but it all culminated in a home defeat to Blackburn in December. The team was not performing. We had a big clear-the-air meeting, all very measured after that game, which really helped us all as a squad, and Tony had been really poor. I'd helped him get through the game, but there was a problem. In fact, there was a chance he would even be dropped for the next game. It would certainly have been difficult for Arsene to pick him. I don't see how he could have picked him, if I'm being honest now. But Tony had been through a lot, what with his admission over alcoholism, and he obviously needed a break. He went to the south of France for a while for recuperation. He clearly needed it. It was a masterstroke by Arsene. We were unbeaten while Tony was out, and had started to improve. I played with Steve Bold, and if I'm honest, I love playing with him. Like Tony, he was a big guy, six foot four inches or six foot five, and that made me feel more comfortable so I could play my own game of speed and aggression. Tony returned about a month later at Middlesbrough and was a different man. I'd never seen him so focused. He could smell a trophy. That's when he was at his best, when he had something to aim for. I had played with Tony since we were kids, maybe 14 years of age the Arsenal youth teams and once he returned I saw the real Tony the leader I saw his true value again but he had needed to get out of the team for a while to push him on it might just have won us the title I left Arsenal in 1986 on a matter of principle I returned in 1993 did I regret leaving not really no maybe Arsenal regretted allowing me to leave since coming back, I'd missed the 1993 League Cup and FA Cup wins because I was cup-tied, that I missed the 1994 European Cup Winners' Cup final due to injury. So the 1998 Premiership was the first major trophy I'd won. Arsene had allowed me to play the best football of my career. He praised me and told me he was happy with my game, and I appreciated that. It was something new to me. I don't recall getting too much praise from other managers. I felt that title allowed me to be accepted at the club again. You have to win trophies, and others have done so, especially the defenders, and now I had done so too. They had won stuff when I was not there. But I was now a title winner, and that was important. People go on about Manchester United's class of 92, but many people forget that we at Arsenal had a brilliant class of 82. Me, Tony, Martin Hayes, David Rowcastle, Niall Quinn, Michael Thomas. There was great quality in that youth squad. When I left to go to Aston Villa in 1986, I just assumed all youth team setups had lots of quality players like Arsenal did. But I very quickly learned that that was not the case. 
Those Arsenal kids of the 1980s were very special, but I had to leave Highbury to fully appreciate that. Back then, I remember Don Howe telling players, especially the first-team players, that they would never be as good as the 1971 double winners. He'd be constantly winding them all up. If you finished a run, he'd say, they'd have run that quicker. It always stuck with me, and I always remember Don saying all that. All I had ever wanted was to get in the Arsenal first team, and I achieved that. Then, to actually emulate the 1971 double-winning team was a genuine dream come true. I did think back to those days as a 17-year-old just starting out, when I finally got that title medal. And Arsene should take great credit. Those dreams of trophies became reality because of him. Some of the things he did were fantastic, such as bringing in a Monaco fullback, Manu Petit, and playing him in the midfield, where it was simply outstanding. Nobody had seen Manu's midfield potential, but Arsene did. Overmars had a severe cruciate injury, but Arsene brought him in and he was fantastic for us. Arsene, in my view, created magic that season. Everton, the visitors. The 2017-2018 season has so far been one of unfulfilled hopes and upheaval for Everton. Words, Mike Hammond, photography, Everton, FC, Getty and Colour Sport. The Toffees came into the campaign with a raft of new players, among them returning local hero Wayne Rooney in plenty of optimism about breaking into the Premier League's top six after finishing the 2016-17 season in seventh place, which earned them a return to continental combat in the UEFA Europa League. However, following the sale of Romelu Lukaku, a shortage of goals in the early weeks of the season saw Ronald Koeman's team slide into the Premier League relegation zone and the Dutchman's reign, one that had lasted a mere 16 months, was brought to an end. Out of sorts domestically at the time of Koeman's dismissal, Everton were also finding the going surprisingly tough in Europe although they managed to survive two qualifying rounds to reach the Europa League group stage and become the second English participant alongside Arsenal. They struggled to make any headway from Group E and were eliminated after just four of their six matches. The club spent March of the autumn under temporary management, with legendary former defender David Unsworth struggling up from his role as under-23's coach to fill the breach until a permanent new boss could be found. Results scarcely improved during his five weeks in charge, but he did bow out on a high with a 4-0 home win over West Ham in which Rooney scored a memorable hat-trick. And when Sam Allardyce was installed the following day, the club suddenly got a lift, going unbeaten in the new manager's first six league games, which yielded 12 points and four clean sheets. That honeymoon period soon came to an end, however, and although Everton found themselves well clear of the relegation zone at Christmas, a run of four defeats at the turn of the year 
three to the Premier League against Bournemouth, Manchester United and Tottenham, plus one in the third round of the FA Cup away to local rivals, Liverpool, had some Evertonians once again looking worryingly back at the drop zone. Already eliminated from three cup competitions, they fell 2-1 to Chelsea in the Carabao Cup in Unsworth's first game. Everton have only their league position to concern themselves with from now on until the end of the season. It is still feasible that they could finish seventh once again and make an immediate return to the Europa League, especially after their midweek victory over fellow contenders Leicester City, inspired by former gunner Theo Walcott, who grabbed his first goals for the club. With 13 matches remaining, Everton's season could go one of two ways, pressing for seventh place or battling against relegation. With the experience Allardyce at the controls and a strong squad reinforced by the January arrivals of Walcott and Turkish striker Cenk Tosun, the former would appear to be the more realistic course of events. Everton, a brief history. Formed 1878. Stadium, Goodison Park. Capacity, 39,572. Manager, Sam Allardyce. Record win... 11-2 versus Derby County, FA Cup, 5th round, 18th of January, 1890. Record appearance maker, 750, Neville Southall. Record goal scorer, 383, Dixie Dean. The manager, Sam Allardyce, born October the 19th, 1954. Games... 13 previously, Limerick, Preston, Blackpool, Notts County, Bolton, Newcastle, Blackburn, West Ham, Sunderland, England, Crystal Palace, appointed as Everton boss on November the 30th. Big Sam decided to have another crack at Premier League management after he had resigned as Crystal Palace boss at the end of the last season. It has been an eventful last couple of years for the 63-year-old who followed four years at West Ham by saving Sunderland from relegation, then being appointed manager of England, only to be sacked for an off-the-field misdemeanour after just one game, and then resurfacing at Palace. A shrewd, analytical manager, Sam made his management reputation during an outstanding eight-year spell at Bolton. In focus, Phil... Jagielka, defender, born Manchester, 17th of August 1982, previously Sheffield United. Games, 368, goals, 18. Info sold to Everton for £4 million in 2007, following an eye-catching debut season in the English top flight with Sheffield United. Phil has proved to be an ultra-reliable defender and latterly captain for the Toffees, recovering from serious injury to become the linchpin of Everton's rear guard, the first Everton player ever to captain an England side in a Euro 2016 qualifier in Lithuania. He figured prominently under Roy Hodgson in the 2014 World Cup, both in qualifying and at the finals in Brazil, and has won 40 caps in total. Although no longer a nailed-on starter for Everton, he signed a new contract extension last August. Jordan Pickford, goalkeeper, born Washington, 
the 7th of March, 1994. Previously, Sunderland, Darlington, 1, Alfreton, 1, Burton, 1, Carlisle, 1, Hull, 1, Preston, 1, Games, 33, Goals, 0. Info shortlisted for last season's PFA Young Player of the Year after an excellent season with Sunderland, despite the club's relegation. Jordan moved to Everton on a five-year contract in June, the same month in which he starred for England at the European U21 Championship in Poland. It was here at Emirates, a little over two years ago, that he made his Sunderland first team debut in the FA Cup, so his rise has been meteoric, with some suggesting he could even be England's number one for the World Cup in Russia. He kept a clean sheet on his senior international debut in a goalless draw against Germany in November. Gulfie Sigurdsson, midfielder, born Havnaforgia, Iceland, the 8th of September 1989. Previously, Reading, Shrewsbury 1, Crewe 1, Hoffenheim, Swansea 1, Tottenham, Swansea. Games, 29, goals, 5. Info. Recruited from Swansea for a reported club record fee of forty million plus add-ons last August. Golfy was hot property on the transfer market after three excellent seasons in the Premier League with the Welsh club, during which he scored twenty-seven goals from midfield. He moved to the Swans from Tottenham in twenty fourteen, having previously enjoyed a successful loan spell at the Liberty Stadium. The Iceland international was an outstanding contributor to his country's successful Euro 2016 campaign and he proved invaluable once again in helping the North Atlantic Minnows qualify for his Summer's World Cup, starting all ten qualifiers and scoring four goals. The Breakdown Scouting Report Sam Allardyce's team pose an undoubted attacking threat. Words Michael Cox. Last match, the 31st of January 2018, Premier League. Everton 2, Walcott 25, 39. Leicester 1, Vardy 71, Penn. Everton, Pickford, Keane, Jaguelka, Martina, Coleman, Guy, Sigurdsson... Calvert-Lewin, 82, Davis, Rooney, Schneider, Ellen, 81, Walcott, Nias, Williams, 88, subs not used, Robles, Kenny, Bolassi, Tosin. Since the formation of the Premier League in 1992, no one has managed more sides than Sam Allardyce following Bolton, Newcastle, Blackburn, West Ham, Sunderland and Crystal Palace. Allardyce took charge of a struggling Everton side in December and oversaw an impressive upturn in results. 2018 has so far proved more difficult, however... Allardyce has also faced questions over whether his tactical blueprint is right for Everton, although he's always denied the allegation that his sides play long-ball football. Thus far, Allardyce has named a perfectly technical starting eleven, and the acquisitions of Theo Walcott and Cenk Tosin hardly suggest he's about to turn the Toffees into his Bolton side. Allardyce generally starts by working on his side's defensive shape, 
although after an initial improvement, there have been problems at the back recently, with four goals conceded on their last trip to London, a 4-0 loss to Tottenham. Allardyce has chopped and changed in terms of both system and personnel. Phil Jagielka, Ashley Williams, Michael Keane, Mason Holgate and John Joe Kenny have all played in the centre of defence since Christmas with no obvious partnership yet established. Despite Kenny and Holgate having both performed well at right back this season, Seamus Coleman's return against Leicester on Wednesday, immediately dovetailing with Walcott, was a significant positive. The absence of left-back Leighton Baines has proved a blow, however, with Cuco Martina a slightly awkward right-footed understudy. Things aren't any more certain in central midfield, where Morgan Schneiderlin, Idrissa Giai, Tom Davis, Wayne Rooney, James McCarthy and Gulfie Sigurdsson have all focused recently. McCarthy is out with a broken leg, but there's no obvious partnership. Schneiderlin and Guy tend to play defensive-minded roles. Davis provides box-to-box energy. Rooney plays a languid passing role from deep but sporadically scampers forward into goal-scoring positions, while Sigurdsson remains a huge set-piece threat. The Icelandic midfielder was initially used from the left flank, but now Allardyce seems more likely to use two proper wide players. Nikola Vlasic has shown glimpses of quality. Yannick Balassi is a tremendously tricky winger capable of playing on either flank, while Walcott needs no introduction to Arsenal supporters and assisted a goal on debut before bagging a brace on Wednesday with two cool finishes. Up front, Tosin is a good all-round forward, impressive physically, but not only a target man, while Umar Nias is a lively sub. Five of his seven goals this season have been from the bench. Dominic Calvert-Lewin offers speed in behind the opposition and could be a factor today, with Everton likely to play on the counter-attack. In truth, Allardyce is still trying to find a proper identity for Everton, and while there's unquestionably great technical talent in attacking positions, there isn't yet an obvious approach in the final third, but Allardyce remains excellent at formatting clever tactical plans to negate the strength of the opposition and with a counter-attacking threat on either flank. Everton could cause real problems on the break this evening. The visitors, did you know? We first faced Everton back in 1905 at Goodison Park in front of a crowd of 12,000 where the hosts were 2-1 winners. We are unbeaten in 23 matches against Everton at home with the Toffees not having beaten us on the road since a 2-1 triumph in January 1996 where goals from Graham Stewart and Andrew Konchelski's cancelled out Ian Wright's opener. Last time we met, Everton 2, Rooney 12, Nias 90, Arsenal 5, uh, Monreal 40, Ozil 53, Lacazette 74, Alexis 90, Ramsey 90, Arsenal, Ketch, Bellerin, Koskielny, Monreal, Metsasaka, Kolasinyak, Ozil, Coquillin, 82, Ramsey, Zaka, Alexis, 
Lassayette, Wilshire 77, subs not used, Macy holding, Ivobi, Gerud, Walcott, Everton, Pickford, Keane, Williams, Davis 46, Jagielka, Kenny, Baines, Guy, Sigurdsson, Vlasic, Calvert-Lewin, Nias, 75, Rooney, Lookman, 75, subs not used, Robles, Martina, Classian, Merales. Quick stats, last five in London. Tottenham, 4-0, January the 15th, 2008. Crystal Palace, 2, Everton, 2, November the 18th, 2017. Chelsea 2, Everton 1, October the 25th, 2017. Chelsea 2, Everton 0, August 27th, 2017. Arsenal 3, Everton 1, May the 21st, 2017. Last five league finishes, 2016 to 17, 7th. 2015 to 16, 11th. 2014 to 15th, 11th. 2013 to 2014, 5th. 2012 to 2013, 6th. Played for both. Theo Walcott, Mikel Arteta, Kevin Campbell, Martin Cowan, Philippe Senderos. Memory Lane, Robin Van Persie scored a sublime volley against Everton in 2011 as we edged out of the visitors 1-0. The Dutchman met Alex Songs, floated through ball and angled his body perfectly to hit the ball first time right into the side netting. 2. We were 7-0 winners against the travelling Toffees at Highbury in May 2005 with a performance that many fans will remember thanks to goals from Robin Van Persie, Robert Pyers, Patrick Villarreal, Edu Dennis Bergkamp and Matthew Flamini. The run, 69 games, since Arsenal conceded more than three goals against Everton, lost 6-1, the 9th of November 1985. In that time, Arsenal have scored more than three 11 times. Club culture. News from around Arsenal's official supporters clubs. Malaysia's well-run event. Arsenal Malaysia organised a fun day running event for the Malaysia Gooners on January the 20th, 2018. The fun run turned into a fun night too, as after the run had finished, the group watched Arsenal vs Crystal Palace live on a big screen. The event was attended by almost 3,000 gooners from all around Malaysia. It was held at Depulza Cyber Jaya, and what a night it was, as the passionate fans witnessed Arsenal blitz Palace with four early goals. There was lots more going on too, such as a lucky draw for giveaways and light entertainment during half-time from some celebrity gooners. All the fans agreed that it was a marvellous experience and a pleasure to watch Arsenal in such scintillating form. Winning day for Welsh. Over 20 members of Arsenal North Wales Supporters Club enjoyed a superb day at Emirates on December 16th, 2017, when they witnessed Arsenal beat Newcastle United and got to meet a gunner very close to their hearts. The group enjoyed time in the club shop, a tour of the players' entrance, including meeting Gunnosaurus and watching the team coaches arrive, when they voiced their support for their heroes. And it didn't stop there. 
The highlight of the day for the Welsh travellers was an unexpected meeting with their very own Aaron Ramsey after the match. They hugely appreciated Aaron visiting them in the stands, particularly as he wasn't even in the match day squad, and the midfielder was only too happy to sign programmes, banners and shirts. He even brought some of the members to tears, of joy, obviously. An amazing experience for ANWSC, who told us the seven-hour journey home flew by as they discussed the day's adventures. Ice Job China Members of Arsenal China recently showed their artistic side by creating an ice lantern in the shape of Arsenal Crest. The lantern was made by a group of Arsenal fans from Heilongjiang, a northeastern province of China with a long history of winter culture. The group made a superb job of carving out the gunner's iconic motif, which sat proudly on a plinth in the street for everyone to enjoy. North Wales all right on the night. Arsenal North Wales Supporters Club had the pleasure of Ian Wright's company at a dinner arranged at the Celtic Royal Hotel in Carnarvon recently. It was an amazing evening enjoyed by over 240 members and friends of Arsenal FC from all over North Wales. Ian gave an excellent presentation about his life in football, assisted by the Master of Ceremonies, Jerry Earls. Wrighty referred to his tough start in life and the way he overcame difficult circumstances to ensure a stellar career in football, ending up of one of Arsenal's top legends and now a very successful TV pundit. Everyone had an opportunity for photos and signatures with Ian and the evening was also an opportunity to raise money for the Multiple Sclerosis Society to which Ian and Tony Clark from Soccer Speaker contributed generously. Many local businesses and members of the supporters club also donated items to two entertaining auctions and a raffle in which the top prize was an Arsenal first team shirt signed by the current squad. By the end of the evening, more than £4,000 was raised for the charity. For more information, please visit www.arsenal.com forward slash fanzone forward slash arsenal dash supporter dash clubs. Match action. Swansea City versus Arsenal. Tuesday, January the 30th, 2018, 7.45pm, Premier League, game number 39, venue, Liberty Stadium, referee, Lee Mason, attendance, 20,819, away fans, 2,000, Swansea City 3, Arsenal 1, Swansea City, Klukas, 3486 JAU61 Name Fabianski Number 1 Mawson 6 Fernandez 33 Van der Horn 5 Norton 26 Fur 8 Kiesung Jung 4 Olsen 16 Klukas 17 Substituted with Rowledge in the 90th minute. Dyer, 12. Substituted with Carroll in the 83rd minute. J.A.U., 18. Substituted with Boney in the 88th minute. Substitutes. Nordfeldt, 13. Rowledge, 27. 
Bartley, 15. Narsing, 28. Carroll, 14. Boney, 2. Abraham, 10. Arsenal, Monreal, 32. Name, Czech. Number, 33. Bellerin, 24. Monreal, 18. Kozilny, 6. Mustafi, 20. Elneny, 35. Substituted with Mkhitaryan in the 60th minute. Shakar, 29. Yellow card. Iwobi, 17. Substituted with Giroud in the 76th minute. Ramsey, 8. Yellow card. Lacazette, 9. Azil, 11. Substitutes. Mayland Niles, 30. Ospina, 13. Giroud, 12. Kolasinac, 31. Nikisha, 62. Mkhitaryan, 7. Chambers, 21. Man of the match, Mesut Azil. Match facts. Since his Premier League debut in September 2013, Mesut Azil has registered 49 assists, five more than any other player. Arsenal have lost 15 points from winning positions this season. All three of Sam Klukas's top-flight goals have come against Arsenal. Match stats. Total shots. Swansea City 12, Arsenal 9. Shots on target. Swansea City 4, Arsenal 4. Corners. Swansea City 4, Arsenal 3. Offsides. Swansea City 0, Arsenal 3. Fouls. Swansea City 4, Arsenal 8. Possession. Swansea City 26%. Arsenal 74%. First half. Swansea applied early pressure, with Jordan Ayew having a shot deflected behind, Aaron Ramsey blocking an Alfie Mawson effort, and Mohamed Elneny producing a beautifully timed tackle on Sam Klukas when the Swansea player was through on goal. But it was Arsenal who drew first blood on 32 minutes, and it was that man Nacho Monreal again, stealing in on the back post to half-volley home a delicious Masut Azil pass. Swansea responded immediately, though, Mawson picking out Klukas in the penalty area, who finished past Petr Cech. Second half. Fifteen minutes into the half, Henrik Mkhitaryan was brought on for his Arsenal debut, but he soon witnessed the Gunners go behind. Czech fluffed a clearance, leaving Jordan Ayew to tap home from close range. Mkhitaryan then headed straight at Lukas Fabianski, and the Gunners were getting frustrated in the rain, with Hector Bellerin and Azil booked. Arsene Wenger called for Olivier Giroud, making an appearance that was to prove his last. Unfortunately, the next goal was Swansea's, and another for Klukas, as Arsenal left South Wales empty-handed. In the words of Arsene Wenger, the glare has never been stronger, so we asked the Arsenal stars about pressure situations on and off the pitch. Mohamed Elneny, in which Arsenal match did you feel most under pressure? 
I would say I'm under pressure to perform in all the games I play for Arsenal because you play for a big club and every game is important. I can't pick just one match, but maybe I can say in my first game for Arsenal I felt under most pressure. In which non-Arsenal match did you feel most pressure? For sure, it would be our World Cup qualifier against Congo in October. We won the game in the last minute to reach the finals. Arsenal are winning a cup final 1-0 with five minutes to go, but you are unable to play, watching at home. How stressed would you be? Would you be able to watch? If I was watching the match at home, I would feel very nervy. I would want the game to finish quickly so I can relax. This happens in every game, by the way, not only if we were playing in a final. It's why I don't like watching matches at home. Are you someone who needs to feel a bit of pressure to perform? Yes, I like being under pressure. It makes me focus more. This makes me play better, and I know I always have to perform when I play for a big club like Arsenal, so it's good to be under pressure. What techniques do you have to alleviate pressure? Before the match I read and listen to the Quran, and sometimes I take a cold shower. That also helps. Have you ever buckled under pressure? Thank God this has never happened to me. I believe in myself, and as soon as I walk on the pitch I focus on the game and forget everything else. It's a penalty shootout. Do you put yourself forward for one of the first five kicks? I would want to take one. I can deal with the pressure, and we know that penalties can go either way. It's a 50-50, and whatever happens it's meant to be. You have to take a penalty. When do you decide which side you're putting it? I would decide which side to put it before I take it, so when I run to shoot I know I have to choose a side and make it a strong shot so the keeper can't save it even if he goes the same way. You have to take your driving test again. Would you pass it? What are you worried about? No, I don't need to take it again. If this happens here in England, I would not want to make my licence again. I did it once and I think it was the hardest thing I had to do in my life. I wouldn't want to go through that again. Even if they take my licence away for whatever reason, I just wouldn't want to drive here again. Your house is on fire. Apart from your family, what three things would you save? There are few Arsenal-related items I would save. Some T-shirts and awards. These are very important to me. Then I would save some expensive items like watches. I have a collection that I really like. The third thing? Nothing else really matters. My family is safe, so nothing else is important. You are told you have to car share with one teammate. Who's your nightmare driver? To be honest, I have never been in any of my teammates' cars. I drive my own, so don't know which one of them would be a nightmare driver. You've moved to a new house and need to put up some shelves. Could you do it? My wife would help me in everything I do. I wouldn't be able to make it myself. I would hire someone to do it. You've lost your phone. How much pressure do you feel? How would you feel if you were told it couldn't be replaced for a week? No pressure. It would be normal if I am without a mobile for a week. Sometimes I don't have it on me. I leave it at home sometimes when I go out. I don't really care. You've done something wrong. Who is the last person in the world you would want to tell you off? If I did something wrong, I wouldn't want my son Malik to know. I want my kids to always see me as a good example. But when I was young, my mum, may she rest in peace, would tell me off. I would be very scared of her if I did something wrong. You're looking after a baby and have to change a nappy. Can you? No, I can't do it. I can't do it at all. 
Country File. The latest news from our international players. Welcome to our Armenia and Gabon internationals. The transfer window ended with something of a shake-up on the international front for the Gunners. Alexis Sanchez took his 118 caps and 39 goals for Chile to Old Trafford. The Chilean played in the 2014 World Cup and won the 2015 Copa America during his time as a gunner. Olivier Giroud became a key member of the France squad during his time here, leaving for Chelsea with 69 caps and 29 goals under his belt. Despite the huge competition for the France centre-forward slot, Olivier was often first choice for Didier Deschamps. Another Frenchman on the move was Matthew Debussy, who has 27 caps to his name and has scored twice for his country. Theo Walcott earned all of his 47 caps for England, scoring eight goals while at Arsenal, England's youngest ever international when he made his debut in 2006, aged 17, he will always be remembered for a World Cup qualifier hat-trick in Croatia in 2010. Arriving at Emirates Stadium are two talismanic presences for their countries, both nations that have never been represented in an Arsenal shirt before. Henrik Mkhitaryan is the undoubted star of the Armenia national team. Making his debut as an 18-year-old back in 2007, he now captains the former Soviet state and his 25 goals is comfortably a national record. Henrik's 70 caps have yet to see him feature at a major tournament, but he was selected for the UEFA Euro 2012 qualifying dream team after scoring six goals in qualification. Henrik's father, Hamlet, was also an Armenia international. Gabonese superstar Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang also has a famous father. Pierre Aubameyang played 80 times in defence for Gabon. Pierre-Emerick obviously plays at the other end of the pitch and has scored 23 goals from 56 games for the West African nation. Also captain of his country and all-time leading goalscorer Orba has played in two Africa Cup of Nations, the 2012 Olympics and the 2014 World Cup qualifying campaign. Pierre-Emerick played for France under-21s and could also have represented Italy and Spain. The Arsenal Foundation. My story. The Arsenal Foundation has helped fund Street Child United, a charity that connects street children by hosting international sporting events. Sam Smith, 20, and Laya Nagalam, 21, from Islington, both took part in the Street Child World Cup Rio 2014. Sam, my social worker contacted me and asked me if I'd like to get involved and if I'd like to play football in Brazil. Obviously, I said yes. Laya, it was the same for me, as my social worker knew I was interested in human rights. At first we were excited about going to Brazil, but once we met Street Child United and started to understand what it was about, it became much more than just a holiday. 
For me, it became a lot more personal. Sam, so we signed up to go to the Street Child World Cup in Brazil in 2014. Before that, we had to go into training with Jack Ferguson from Arsenal in the community. We learned some basic skills and played matches. Leah, only one of us was good at football. The rest of us were messy, not messy. But we also went to workshops with Street Child United to learn about what we were getting involved with. Sam, I already knew quite a few of the girls because we were all from Islington, so the training was a good opportunity to become a team. We were very close. We were in Brazil for 10 days, just outside of Rio. We played three games and reached the quarter-finals. It was hot, and being from England we weren't used to that. A lot of the teams had been training for a long time, so they were really good. Brazil was... different. Crazy. We stayed in a complex but had a few trips. We went to see Christ the Redeemer and to Vidigal, a favela in Rio, which were really interesting. Plus, we also made a lot of really good friends. Leah. Brazil was amazing, and it was cool meeting the other teams. We're still in touch with a lot of them, and we made friends for life. Now we're ambassadors for the 2018 Moscow Street Child World Cup. We'll be helping the Great Britain team, working with Centrepoint, and supporting the kids who have dealt with homelessness. Sam. Street Child United has opened my eyes to the problems that street children face around the world. I didn't really understand the problem on a global scale, so it's made me appreciate things and realise that in Britain we're lucky we have a safety net. I'm now at university and studying to be a sports therapist, but I think I'll be with Street Child United forever. Leah, once we got back I did start to take school a lot more seriously, and now I'm at university in Sheffield studying law. That was massively down to Street Child United, because it motivated me to get my act together. For more info, visit streetchildunited.org. Teams. For Arsenal, manager Arsene Wenger. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and red and white socks. Number four, Per Mertesacker. Number six, Laurent Koscielny. Number seven, Henrik Mkhitaryan. Number eight, Aaron Ramsey. Number nine, Alexandre Lacazette. Number ten, Jack Wilshire. Number eleven, Mesut Ozil. Number thirteen, David Ospina, goalkeeper. Number fourteen, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Number sixteen, Rob Holding. Number seventeen, Alex Iwobi. Number eighteen, Nacho Monreal. Number 19, Santi Cazola. Number 20, Shkodran Mustafi. Number 21, Callum Chambers. Number 23, Danny Welbeck. Number 24, Hector Bellerin. Number 27, Konstantinos Mavropanos. Number 29, Granit Xhaka. Number 30, Ainsley Martland-Niles. Number 31, Seyad Kolasinac. Number 33, Petr Cech. Goalkeeper. Number 35, Mohamed El Neni. Number 43, Josh De Silva. Number 44, Vlad Drogomir. Number 47, Charlie Gilmore. Number 50, Dayan Ilyev. Goalkeeper. Number 54, Matt Macy. Goalkeeper. Number 61, Reese Nelson. Number 62, Eddie Enkatia. 
Number 63, Geordie OC22. Number 69, Joe Willock. For Everton, manager, Sam Allardyce. Blue shirts, shorts and socks. Number 1, Jordan Pickford, goalkeeper. Number 2, Morgan Schneiderlib. Number 3, Leighton Baines. Number 4, Michael Keane. Number 5, Ashley Williams. Number 6, Phil Jagielka. Number 7, Yannick Balassi. Number 10, Wayne Rooney. Number 11, Theo Walcott. Number 13, Aliyakwim Mengala. Number 14, Schenk Tosun. Number 15, Kuko Martina. Number 16, James McCarthy. Number 17, Idrissa Gay. Number 18, Gilfie Sigurdsson. Number 19, Uma Nias. Number 20, Davy Klassen. Number 22, Martin Skecklenberg, goalkeeper. Number 23, Seamus Coleman. Number 25, Romero Funes Mori. Number 26, Tom Davies. Number 27, Nikola Vlasic. Number 29, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Number 30, Mason Holgate. Number 33, Joe Rubel, goalkeeper. Number 36, Luke Garbutt. Number 41, Matus Hillett, goalkeeper. Number 43, John Joe Kenny. Number 54, Benny Bannon-Jimmy. Officials, referee, Neil Swarbrick. Assistant referees, Constantine Hatsidakis, Dan Cook. Fourth official, Craig Pawson. Today's other fixtures, all 3pm unless stated. Burnley v Man City, 12.30pm. West Brom v Southampton. Leicester v Swansea. Bournemouth v Stoke. Man United v Huddersfield. Brighton v West Ham. Hello, this is Arsene Wenger. That brings us to the end of this audio production of the Arsenal Match Day programme. Puma One. Play perfect. Gatorade. It all begins from within. Every victory starts from within. That's where the heart and the drive live. The determination to come up big when it matters most. But no athlete does it alone. They need training and fuel to perform. Gatorade is proud to fuel any athlete who believes greatness comes from within. Gatorade. Win from within. Copyright 2013. S-VC.H. Gatorade and G-Design are registered trademarks of S-VC.H. everything once in a lifetime in Australia and New Zealand. Don't just visit, live it. From the rugged outback and spectacular coastlines to adventure sports and natural wonders. Choose from seven destinations on emirates.com slash UK. Hello tomorrow. Emirates.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.